I think for me too, um, as nurses, we're, we're so used to giving um, and we don't know how to give to ourselves. And I think that like another thing in mindset shifting is like, are you worthy? Are you valued enough? And as we know in the pandemic, we were Ooh, not. I gotta go. Hey. I've been working, so them please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Hey. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog. Swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day. Now my fan can eat. This episode is sponsored by Liquid IV. When you think of hydration, what do you think about? How often have you worked out, did an intense activity, drank enough water? but still felt dehydrated. If so, you're missing electrolytes. Whether it's off the clock or working our shifts, we always stay hydrated with Liquid IV. Liquid IV's cellular transport technology delivers hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than water alone. One stick contains electrolytes such as magnesium, potassium, and sodium with five essential vitamins. As nurses, we know hydration is vital. That's why we are giving you a discount with code CONPOD for any liquid IV product. That is code CONPOD, C-O-N-P-O-D. Stay hydrated, friends, and drink responsibly. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cup of Nurses with your hosts, Peter and Matt, two nurses on a mission to change this world with one conversation at a time. So let's jump right into it. If you find value in this show and want to join us on this mission, please share and review the show. It would mean absolutely everything to us. Cupofnurses.com for the latest info, updates, and the latest merch releases. For our lifestyle podcast, you can check out wearefrontlinewarriors.com. In this episode, we would like to introduce you to Britt Greaves. Britt Greaves is a nurse who has worked in various specialties such as palliative, hospice, ICU, and has travel nurse for over five years in the PICU. When she isn't working, you can find her blogging, volunteering on international medical mission trips, or advocating for mental health in the nursing community through her founded safe space, The Debrief. Transitioning from bedside, Britt is a community manager at Trusted Health, where she now advocates for the health of the whole nursing community. We discuss the importance of speaking about your feelings, how to heal, and The Debrief. Hey, Britt. Welcome to the show. Can you give us a brief background about your nursing experience? Yeah, so I'm originally from North Carolina where I started uh, working. I've been a nurse for nine years in September. Um, So I started in, oh goodness, way back when in palliative care. I uh, transferred to hospice palliative care. Um, and then I also worked in cardiac step down and, uh, before travel nursing, I transferred to the PICU where then I travel nurse for five years in the PICU and the CV PICU. And then I also did a set in the COVID ICU. And now I work for trusted health as a community manager. Yeah. You worked in a broad array of fields. What made you want to transition from, from each one to the next? Was there a specific thing? Do you just like change? What's the rationale behind that? And then why did you then slowly decide to start working for for Trusted and step a little bit further away from bedside? 
Um, I just love to evolve. Like, I think that as nurses, you know, we're so fast paced and we're always moving so fast and things are moving so fast. Um, and once, um, I learn something, I, I feel a little bit complacent, which I don't enjoy. So, um, I just like to learn new things and learn new patient populations. Um, as well as before I started traveling, I knew that I wanted to be in pediatrics. That's my love and that's my heart. Um, so I made that transition so then I could travel um, in something that I love and enjoy uh, the, the road a little bit more. Um, and then as I was traveling, um, which I loved and I always vouch for, um, I knew that I actually needed a little bit of a break. Um, I was getting a little burnt out. So I started to build my brand, um, just kind of getting more nurses into travel nursing and nursing in general. And uh, Trusted kind of found me and I am now their community manager. So yeah. <laughs> You mentioned uh, you mentioned two two big things: burnout and and change. I know early on in my career, I was I first started off in step down, then I moved to ICU, and then eventually I went into to travel. And what helped relieve my burnout for the most part was changing units. Was going from a staff job to a travel nursing job, even though it's you're still doing the the bedside approach and still still doing the whole nursing nursing field. Just having the ability to explore a different unit that brought me out of burnout because I was. Because you reach a certain point as a nurse where it becomes almost mundane and you just feel repetitive. You're just doing the same stuff over and over again. And you just almost lose value in yourself. So it's always good to explore different units because sometimes you just need that little bit of change. And if you could survive one unit, you could survive any other unit. It's just that a lot of nurses are, are scared because they don't think they, they could do it. They don't think they, they have those skills. But if you could survive one unit, you could literally survive any kind of unit out there in the world just because... You went from nursing school to now being a nurse at such a young age. You could literally almost do anything. You have this this set of skills as a nurse that that is people pleasing, but you're also able to thrive in any kind of environment. You could deal with stress very well, so that helps you through throughout life and throughout changing units. And then with the whole with the whole burnout again, it's just very refreshing just to do some some new stuff once in a while. And sometimes nurses think that because they're a nurse they're going to be a nurse forever. You were able to step out of that field and, and take of a less bedside approach now, working for, for Trusted. A lot of times nurses think they have to stay nurses. They're, they're scared to change with the same mindset of them being scared of changing units. They think they're not gonna be able to, to, to survive, but nursing teaches you how to deal with stress well, teaches you very good people skills, and you could literally do anything you want in life just by being a nurse, just because of things that it teaches you, the value it brings, and it kind of changes your morals a little bit that makes you align more broadly to, to the world than you might have been before. Mm -hmm. say that. And speaking of your opportunities, because you're a great example of all the different units you've been switching around, talk to us about travel nursing. How has your perspective changed going from staff to travel nursing? Oh, it's just gotten more broader, honestly. Um, just uh, experiencing new cultures, new cities, um, learning how to be adaptable um, and independent. Um, I traveled by myself, so, um, you know, just safety wise and things like that, you just gotta kind of learn how to be by yourself, do things by yourself and enjoy life. Um, but I also say that like, for me, travel nursing was like emancipating <laughs> a little bit uh, because, because I was on my own and I was able to, you know, survive a lot and do a lot and, and have a lot, you know what I mean? Um, 
I just kind of took it as an opportunity to just embrace life, but also embrace like my life and really see like, what do I like? What don't I like? Is nursing for me anymore? Do I really want to transition and things like that? Um, so I think it gave me a transitionary period to figure out what I wanted um, because I had been a nurse for almost like five years before I uh, started travel nursing. So as we were kind of talking about a little about burnout, travel nursing can help that for a little bit. You know what I mean? You're learning new specialties, you're learning new floors, new units, new people. Um, so it kind of uh, uh, abates that for a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, so. I definitely recommend traveling to anybody. Literally, I you, I could talk about it forever. So, <laughs> and then what made you transition from travel nursing to now being a community manager for for Trusted? Was there another sense of burnout, or were you looking to maybe slowly step out of bedside? Were you just in love with community building? What made you transition over to the less of a bedside approach? I think it was a mixture of both. Um, at the end of the day, I don't think burnout ever leaves you. <laughs> um, I think that it, you know, you can do things to mitigate it, but eventually it'll kind of come calling again. And as we all know, as nurses in the pandemic, um, I stepped up and went frontline. So I think it was just burning the candle at both ends to where, hey, you were already experiencing this. Now you did the toughest of the toughest, the hardest of the hardest. I think you've achieved all of the nursing goals that you could kind of have. You've done all the specialties. So uh, uh, kind of going back to what you were saying about like, I was afraid to leave bedside. I didn't know. I thought the next step for me was nurse practitioner school. Um, I thought, you know, that that's, you know, the regular trajectory of everything. And when I started to build my brand up a little bit more, I realized there are other possibilities. There are other things. There's remote jobs out there. There's tech jobs out there. I think it was a mixture of burnout. It was a mixture of, I wanted to try something new. I couldn't try a new specialty. I'd done them all. Um, and also just really wanting to um, challenge myself again. You know, I, I wanted to just try something new and, and see if I could do it. And could I, you know, achieve all the things that I, I want to, you know, uh, leaving bedside and kind of nourishing my soul is what I say too, is that I really needed to kind of give back to myself um, and nursing just wasn't providing that for me anymore. And, and I, I had to step away from my own, you know, better judgment and, and for my own life. So as you explored those opportunities and you partook in your passion project, how are you currently challenging yourself? What is the new challenges that you have outside of bedside that you're tackling? Ooh, so many, right? We're always doing, we're juggling. We're, we're nurses. We always juggle. Um, one thing is, is I host a, uh, the debrief, which is a safe space for black healthcare professionals to heal, where I, uh, introduce different healing modalities to our community. Um, so that's one portion of what I do on the side. Um, I'm still at, you know, talking on podcasts, trying to get people into travel nursing, um, just doing fun things, uh, to, to try to get, you know, more education out there about nursing and the different pathways you can go. Uh, still write blogs, um, as well as uh, in the community building space. Um, whew, we wear a lot of hats. Um, so we're constantly engaging with nurses, uh, hosting events for nurses on uh, online and, and in person. Um, and then of course we're headed to TravCon. So that's another feat of like a conference. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's kind of, it always evolves and it's always changing. Similar to when you go into the ICU and you get a new patient and it might be, you know, they might be crashing or, you know, uh, or they might be walkie talkie, whatever. It's a new journey every single day. And I think that that's kind of like where I am in, in, in my journey now is just like juggling anything that's coming my way. Mm -hmm. 
how has nursing helped you outside of bedside? Like, for example, is there any kind of traits you can think of or any kind of uh, maybe attributes that you've gained through nursing that has helped you with the debrief, the, that's helped you with the debrief and also you being a community manager for Trusted? Yeah, I think um, I always say, which is my motto for the debrief is healers heal. And that's at my core baseline what I do, mm -hmm. um, whether it's in the debrief of, of bringing the healing modalities and just getting people to, you know, introduce maybe therapy or journaling or meditation or, um, you know, breath work or in the community. I am so for nurses, like I love us so much that I want us to heal, whether that's through the same healing modalities or just having community people to talk to that understand. Um, and then also just celebration and, and honoring that we are amazing, amazing professionals and just celebrating that as well. Um, so I think at the, at the baseline it's healing, but it's healing in, in a lot of various ways. Um, so I'd say that, and then also, um, organization. Ooh. Like, <laughs> I mean, like my art organizational skills, like as ICU nurses, as med surge nurses, whoo, gosh, <laughs> juggling six patients, I can't. <laughs> so like just uh, that thought process is the same thing is like, if I have, you know, a project that I have to do or an event that I have to host, there are so many different variables that go into it that, that aren't just like, you know, what meets the eye. When you go to an event, you, you just see it done. And it's like, how did the food get there? How did this, how did this even happen? How did the invites get sent out? How did, you know, so it's like various things that are similar uh, that I've kind of brought over into, into what I do now. Um, but it's always, always uh, at the baseline of it, of healing and then community, because, you know, we are all we had in the pandemic too. And I think that I, I've definitely transferred a lot of that over as well is that like keeping that core of, the people that were there for you and that, you know, uh, were there for you and in those hard times and stuff like that, making sure that they're taken care of. You know what I mean? This is why nurses make such great entrepreneurs and leaders, like you mentioned, because we're able to juggle all these different skill sets and apply it to our everyday life. Uh, something that stood out to me, you were talking about healing a lot. And in order for you to transfer that healing over to the nurses, Peter and I talk about all the time that in order for us to empower our nursing professionals and everybody in healthcare. We need to heal ourselves and this change starts from within. So we're a bit big advocates on that. So in order for you to heal others, you had to heal yourself. Can you recall a time or an event or when you really began that mindfulness journey of self-care and healing? This episode is sponsored by Mudwater, our alternative to coffee. It has all the benefits of coffee without the anxiety, jitters, and crashes. My favorite ingredient in mud water is lion's mane because it keeps me alert and focused. My favorite ingredient in mud water is chaga and reishi because it boosts my immune system. It's like chai and cacao had a baby. Mud water works with our body, not against it. Not like most caffeinated products. Mud water is 100% USDA organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan and kosher certified our favorite way to drink mud water is with a nice froth on top and some honey use code cup of nurses for discount at checkout that is code cup of nurses not to mention with every purchase mud water donate to the berkeley center for the science of psychedelics yeah yeah i mean i think that it was always in the background as i was traveling because um 
we're kind of dealing with a lot, you know, if housing doesn't work or if, you know, our contract gets canceled, we're definitely uh, have to be flexible, but it's also like a mind frame, a mindset, you know, but when it really hit me was COVID, uh, working in the COVID ICU um, was really difficult for me. Um, and I, I kind of tell people this all the time because I want people to know that it's okay not to be okay. And when I was working in the, uh, the ICU, I just, it was, it was really difficult. And that's when I really found meditation. Um, I found meditation because if you're thinking about in the ICU, you constantly have uh, pumps beeping, alarms going off, people screaming, code bells going off, just various things like uh, machines, like the vent, like things like that. And you have to be the calmest one in the room. No matter what it is that's happening, you have to have control of you. And the power is in your breath. So if I'm sitting in the Pixis and I, and I only have a second and I need to, you know, get gabapentin out or something like that, it's like, take that time to take that breath, to center myself, to kind of uh, get back to, to my inner peace, to then, so when I go back into the room or I go have to have those difficult conversations with families and things like that, I'm centered and I can give them the best information and the best care. Um, so I, I would say COVID was the really uh, huge kicker where I found uh, mindfulness and meditation, um, started doing yoga a lot more too. So um, definitely, definitely that. Have you done any work with or experimenting with the chakras? Yeah, um, so I do sound healing um, and it's a correlation of the chakras. So basically all of our chakras are aligned to our nervous system and our organs and things like that. And what sound healing does is it takes those chakras and it, it harmonizes them with the bowls. There's seven bowls aligned to the seven chakras. Um, definitely was introduced to it coming out to Cali. <laughs> um, it's definitely everywhere out here. Um, so yeah, I definitely um, am a fan and uh, definitely believe in all of that stuff. So yeah, I was, I'm definitely a chakra shoddy as they mm. call it. <laughs> and I love how you mentioned that you were able to meditate in your workplace. So this is a great example for all the nurses that are listening. You don't need 10, 15 minutes to sit down and cross your hands, cross your feet and make noises, whatever people do when they meditate, you can do it at the pixels by taking a deep breath and calming yourself down and giving yourself positive reinforcement that everything's going to work out and et cetera. And it's, it's that simple. And just like you said, it's the power of the breath, which we have available to us at all times, no matter the situation, maybe your patient is taking a crash You take a deep breath and recenter yourself because you have that fight or flight mechanism that takes over. We get so nervous and we forget how to think or for, we forget what to do. And it's so simple where we went to school for so long, we know all of our skill set, it could just disappear like in a flash of an eye. Mm -hmm. uh, just like I tell nursing students, you walk in to take a test, you get so nervous in fight or flight, you forget all your damn information of how to take this damn test and which questions you should answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it reminds me, I used to meditate internally when I used to give my patients baths in the ICU. That was my like 15 to 30 minutes of just of just quiet. Sometimes I would put like a headphone in just to have some music play or something. I would just go in there with no music. And it's just it's just nobody there besides your patient and you and you're literally washing this person up that they can't do it for themselves. They can't talk. You know, they can barely breathe. They're on a ventilator. And it's, it's just crazy because you're like in this still room because no one's moving in that room. And there's really no sounds besides the ventilator. But that, that is what it is. There's like no movement. And like it's just so peaceful but so crazy at the same time it's peaceful because there's 
there's nothing going on in that room when you're given that, that bath. But then when you think about it, there's so much going on. These medications are helping this person stay alive. So it's like that cast and aura kind of thing. It's just calming and crazy at the same time. So it's like almost a perfect place to do some balance work for, for a little bit. And I found that to be like beautiful just for a little bit. I realized that a couple of years ago, I'm just like, wow, I'm in this crazy place. This guy's on three pressers, he's on a ventilator, but yet it's so calming in this, in this room somehow. And that kind of blew my mind. Yeah. And going back to the sound healing that you're mentioning. So I know there's different frequencies based on different chakras so when you do your sound healing do you have a different bowl to emit a different frequency or do you spin the bowl or whatever the terminology is there to emit a specific frequency um all of my bowls are 432 hertz which is the frequency of life and um, alignment um so that's what my bowls are but you can get alchemy bowls which are different frequencies um they're a little on the pricier side so i have not <laughs> made the leap into those yet um but yes uh they're all to 432 hertz you can actually um this is like a helpful hint you can go on youtube or even sometimes they're on whatever apple title, whatever you have, um, and listen to like 432 Hertz. And if you're cleaning the house or anything like that, it just cleanses the aura in your, your home, your body or everything. Um, and you can just kind of play those, or if you're doing a bath, you know, um, it just calms you and centers you. Um, so that's a good kind of like measure too, that you can just kind of take with you, um, those little frequencies. Okay. And Britt, do you do this just for yourself or do you just, do you do this to friends, family, or is it kind of like a personal thing? Yeah, so I started it for the debrief. Um, I when I host it, I do um, a mindfulness meditation um, because I start all of my days with mindfulness meditation. Um, then we do journaling, we do yoga um, and sound healing, um, and then we have a discussion. And so in that, I was like, okay, how can I? do more. I know that that sounds crazy because I was doing it all, but I was like, how can I do more? So I uh, went into the class and got a certification in, in the sound healing. So I do it for my friends, my family, um, my brother, I do it for him all the time and he just falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm hoping to bring it uh, to nurses uh, next. Um, so yeah, that's like the goal. That's the future goal. And then for the deep, for the debrief, is that like a once a week thing? How long is it for like an hour? How long does it last and how frequent do you do it? Yeah, so it's yearly right now just because I'm one person. <laughs> um, but uh, it's um, about, it's like a half day just because it's so uh, so intense um, for for what we're doing. And I wanted to give time for, for all the modalities that we're kind of talking about and then give time for discussion um, and then for people to network and kind of meet and things like that. Um, because the main thing that kind of takes up a lot of the time is the sharing. Um, if you guys have ever been on, you know, like a, a circle where you guys are just kind of hanging out and you're just kind of, you know, talking and, mm. and stuff, that's that's kind of like the vibe and the energy of just like, you're just like, ah, mm. like I'm letting go of all of this stuff. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a mini retreat in, in a way. Yeah, it is. It, that's exactly what it is. Mm. Um, <laughs> so it's in person, you do it yearly versus mm -hmm. Zoom. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you pick a location or is it kind of random or do you pick a location where you're, where you're near to, or how do you decide on that? Yeah, so currently they've been in LA, but I'll probably do one in North Carolina, which is where I'm from, um, hopefully this year. Um, so yeah, that's the goal is to, to start to uh, move with it, um, so yeah. And you said you want to do one this year, so mm -hmm. any uh, time frame for that? Because we're gonna be in San Diego, you know, so 
<laughs> oh, I'm down to come to San Diego, you know? So whenever, whenever you guys are there, I'm there. <laughs> so any time frame for it? Do you want to do like by the end of the, end of the year, maybe sometime yeah. in December mm -hmm. or what are you thinking? Yeah, I'll probably um, head home in December. So I'll probably do one there early December in North Carolina. Does it get cold North Carolina in December? I've never been in North Carolina. Yeah, it does. It's not as cold as like upstate, like mm -hmm. New York and stuff like that, but it does get cold. It doesn't snow that often, like maybe twice, mm -hmm. <laughs> like max, but it definitely gets cold. You got to wear a jacket for sure. So San but Diego. I'm in LA, so that doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I was about to say, maybe San Diego might be a better approach for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm down. I wanted to talk about healing again when it comes to the nursing profession, because I feel like we as healthcare professionals, we give so much of ourselves and we know what patients need, but we neglect ourselves so much. And I feel like it's a common theme in all the healthcare professionals where we're just so giving and there's no there's no reciprocation as far as filling up our own cup. How do you practice self-care? I know you mentioned you like to meditate. You mentioned some yoga and sound healing. Do you also do journaling mm -hmm. for yourself as well? Okay. Yeah. So I have a, a couple different practices. Um, I think it's, I think it ebbs and flows of what you need at the time. Um, you may need a massage, which I know people are like, oh, baths and massages and stuff aren't self-care. No, they are. <laughs> Um, but I feel like it ebbs and flows of what I need and, and what my body and what my uh, mind are telling me. Um, I have a daily routine where I meditate and gratitude journaling. Um, I, I recommend gratitude for everyone, um, especially nurses. Um, for me, when I was doing COVID, that's another thing that I also uh, introduced into my life because one, when I meditate in the morning before I go in, so I'm calm, but then I also am walking through the, the rooms and I'm like, I have breath, I have life, I can walk, I have family, I am loved, like all these things, but it's it's not affirmations. It's like, no, I am grateful for these things. I am grateful that I can do these things because it could be very different. So that's another um, self-care practice that I use because a lot of times when we're so caught up in the, the bad things or the sad things or the grief that we're kind of experiencing, we don't experience the greatness of life. Um, so for me, I would say meditation, journaling, gratitude in whatever form you want to use it in. Um, and another one that was huge for me is therapy. Um, so I, I personally advocate for therapy. Um, I think that to pour into your own cup, you need to pour out of your cup also. Um, and sometimes, you know, like going to friends or family or your, your partners or whatever, isn't, isn't, doesn't work because you need an unbiased opinion. Somebody that doesn't know, you know, your sister or doesn't know, you know, your partner or whatever. Um, and just have a sound person that's a trained professional to kind of help you through some of those coping mechanisms and, and really uh, work on your mindset. Cause that's what therapy did for me is it helped me with my mindset to be able to kind of frame things differently um, to fill my cup up because that's where I realized I didn't have a lot of um, cup filler uppers. <laughs> yeah. And a big thing you mentioned is like gratitude, for example, it's beautiful to understand it. A lot of times we say, I want to feel abundant and we, those words are just technically sound, but they're not being felt by your heart and actually embracing it. Right. Because you can meditate in the morning and say, I want to feel abundant or I am abundant. But then an hour later you look at your bank account and you're saying, geez, I need some more money in my bank, which again is scarcity. So you're telling your subconscious the exact opposite in that time. 
when an hour ago you're telling abundance to yourself so it's a it's definitely a lifelong journey and a practice to keep incorporating in everyday life but once you feel it and feel abundant or feel self-love like like you mentioned feel and fill your own cup it's amazing and that mindset could shift over to every aspect of your life and you're able to uplift yourself in every area whether it's nursing inside of work outside of work in your relationship and etc so mm. it's uh, it's a game changer i think for me too um as nurses we're we're so used to giving um and we don't know how to give to ourselves and i think that like another thing in mindset shifting is like are you worthy are you valued enough and as we know in the pandemic we were not you know what I mean? As a profession, we, none of us felt that we were because the hand clapping was not, was not it. So, um, I think that it's also a mindset shift of that, of like, you are worthy of self-care. You're worthy for a day off. You're worthy. You know what I mean? For so much more, you know what I mean? You're worthy of whatever it is that your heart desires. And I think that that was also a form of self-care for me is also retraining my thinking to being like, I know that I give so much in this world that I deserve half of it at minimum <laughs> back. Um, so I think that that's also another thing in, in reference to nurses is that like a lot of times um, we have to really believe and know and stand up for ourselves and, and, and really say that like, you know what? No, I'm taking this time off. Like I'm, I'm going on this vacation. I am, you know, gonna put my phone on D and D today. Like, you know what I mean? Whatever you can do to kind of like, you know, going to walk, whatever it is, but. <laughs> so Britt, when it comes to nurses almost not being able to value them, themselves in that way where they allow themselves, allow themselves to take those days off, you think it has to do anything with subconsciously working bedside for such a long time? Because if you think about it, we go into work and we see people in their worst times of, of their lives. And subconsciously that does do something to us. It does change our viewpoints. So what I kind of noticed is that a lot of nurses don't take the time off because for some reason they don't feel like they should have to because somebody else is struggling worse than they are in, 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 in life, you could say. Because sometimes what I catch myself doing is, is almost like, like saying, okay, this sucks, but it could be worse. So I have no reason to complain or, or take a day off because I could be in a hospital and sick. So that almost pushes me to work harder in a sense, but it also stops me from taking time off and days off because I know that I could be in a hospital on a ventilator and not have a choice to take a day off or go into work. I could be be there like a vegetable. So do you think that maybe plays a role in our subconscious where it makes us less capable, you could say, of taking time off for ourselves because we just see people struggle and and see them not have an option for to do that? Um, I mean, yeah, I I I I definitely i would say yes um it's a little deep and a little, yeah, a little tough like, yeah no no no. it's perfect it's perfect it's just it's a little difficult with that because it's almost like there's worse happening everywhere yeah. do you know that america is not even that bad like yeah. in in the grand scheme of things and i think that this is also coming from someone who like does mission trips and sees the worst of the worst and has been in tents and huts and things like that. And it's just like, yes, that that comes into that great gratitude mindset again of like, yes, it can be worse, but also you could be worse. What if you end up in that hospital bed because you didn't take care of yourself? Because that has happened, you know what I mean? Like, what if, you know, 
the world, I think that we put so much on our backs as nurses that like, sometimes it's okay to take it off. You know what I mean? Like we're saving the world all the time. Like it's okay to not save it for a day. You know what I mean? To save yourself. Mm. And I, I think that that's like, it's just, again, a mindset shift of like, I do think that, yeah, for sure. It's because we're seeing people at their worst and we have to be there for them and things like that. But it's just like, what if something were to happen to you and you weren't able to do this? The hospital, the floor, the unit would continue on without you, And then period. <laughs> and then piggybacking off your point, what you're saying, it's almost like, nurses come from a lot of trauma and, and all this stuff where you always talk about it the way you like to drink and get get those morning mimosas and all that post night shift so love a good mimosa <laughs> yeah yeah so you can always find data to reinforce your behavior right so if you are technically self-sabotaging yourself in that aspect of feeling bad for yourself to not take time off and work you're going to find data to self-sabotage yourself by using that perspective of I'm not, I'm not going to take time off because my patients have it worse because your body is almost like addicted to feeling that way, that emotion of self-sabotage. So you're going to find data in your life to reinforce that no matter what. It's just like people that like to drink alcohol or smoke. Well, smoking is not that bad for me. My grandpa was 97 and he smoked his whole life and he didn't die. Right. So you can always find data to, to self-sabotage or whatever insert that excuse that you have and it's just you have to just be true to yourself whether you're filling your own cup or you're not or hey is this serving me or is this not serving me and it's leading for me to feel worse so right yeah it's just being brutally honest with yourself yeah yeah it's it's like some people try to heal trauma with other trauma and you're not healing anything at all at that point you're just causing your trauma bonding is what you're doing yeah 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 exactly yeah and you're just in the same you're doing the same thing over again you're stuck in the same place and you're still wondering why can't why can i get over this why do i keep going back to that person but you're not even putting a bandit over anything you're just going right from the coals to the fire you're not doing any kind of a change Mm -hmm. that's something um this is completely digressing but i've there was like some videos of people going on these uh, spiritual journeys and they're crying and they're shaking because the nervous system is going crazy with these healers and we also think that's a form of healing but what if that's like ventilating your energy right and then that one week you're feeling like you're better you have this mindset shift and all this but then a week later you go back into having that energy build up of feeling bad about yourself because you never changed the belief and you went to a workshop and you did some breathing that just continued ventilating whatever you felt it's like um going to the gym so you have a built-up of bad energy of based on your beliefs and then you go to the gym and that's trauma bonding in a way too where you're ventilating all that out you feel better but are you really feeling better because you're you're just releasing what your body has built up but your thoughts are still creating the same energy patterns to build up that energy again then you have to go ventilate again Right. That's, yeah. It's like it's like putting people on antidepressants without having them go, them go to therapy. Because I looked up a study before, and it it showed that only like thirty percent of people are find success with just a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical approach when it comes to psychoactive disorders and, and issues. But when you add on the therapy therapy sessions, that goes up to over like fifty percent, like six seventy percent. Because if you're just given a medication, you're not really addressing the the issue at hand. You're just addressing the symptoms that 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 causes that depression causes you're not treating depression you're just causing the 
you could say sadness or the low activity or, or whatever. But when you would then add the therapy where they could actually speak to somebody while they're antidepressants, that actually heals them and that changes them because they're actually able to get out their concerns or problems, not just putting a mask on, the, on those symptoms, which makes complete sense. Like I feel like speaking is the best healer, healer for, for, for anything and everything, not necessarily medications, nothing like that. You should try the non-pharmaceutical approach before you dive into like psychedelics or any kind of, you could say drugs or, or, or other things that, that might help you. Because it might just be that simple. You just might need somebody to talk to. And you mentioned a beautiful thing a little bit ago is sometimes it's easier to talk to somebody that doesn't know you or your family because you're talking to somebody that doesn't have an opinion about you, has never spoken to you before, and you're basically a blank slate to them where they could just truly be honest with what they think of you, not taking other ideas or or the ways you made them felt in the past and kind of combining it with their own thoughts and then giving you an, an opinion. So. That's why therapy is really beneficial because you're speaking to somebody that does not know you. It's a clean slate. They have no part of knowledge of you. They have no judgment. You just are as you came in and, and that's it. Yeah. We talked a little bit about, about TravCon and you're getting ready for it. So what was like your prep work for TravCon? <laughs> I know we're... Um, what a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real shit. <laughs> um, Ooh, um, it's, it's a lot. Um, so yeah, we just kind of, or we have a booth. Um, so we're giving away free merch. We're going to have a friends and family event for all of our trusted nurses. Um, and we are giving away some, some, some giveaways, uh, some really cool prizes. Um, so yeah, just kind of like the whole campaign. It's just like a whole big thing. Um, so yeah, I'm still in it now. <laughs> okay. And then what was the process to get a booth? Did you just reach out to the the, the traffic kind of website or how did you go about that? Yeah, you can, um, they have an exhibitor portal, so you can just go on there and ask to be an exhibitor, um, on their website. Um, it's pretty intuitive. Their website, it's like pretty easy. If you want to be a guest or, you know, speak on a panel, you can kind of click things. Like there's various things that you can kind of, uh, go on their website and do trafcon.com. So with your current role as a community manager, what are you aspiring to do? What are your goals with the travel nursing community? Yeah. Um, of course, as y'all know, heal, heal us. Yes. <laughs> um, but also just, um, I think to go back to what we were kind of referring to earlier about like our mindsets and things like that, it's, I want to introduce um, mental health um, and just provide resources um, for mental health. Uh, that's one bucket. Um, but within that also uh, other resources for travel nursing. Um, we have a blog, we have events and things like that just to provide people with the information that I didn't have um, around taxes, around um, housing, around just anything and any questions that people may have. Um, because I think it's always each one teach one. And I'm always just trying to give back and to make sure that people had the things that I potentially and my friends potentially didn't have. Um, as well as just really um, build a community that that is self-serving. So what that means is like, I want us to really serve each other, whether we're down, whether we're up, I, it's like, oh my God, congratulations on your baby. Or, you know, hey, my, my, my mom died. You know, I really need some help right now. Like whatever it is, I want our community to be able to house that and to have that. Um, I think a lot of times as a traveler, we don't have that. We don't have a unit and a base. And I think that that's what was missing for me is like, I think a lot of us are doing a lot of the good things with groups like Instagram groups and Instagram pages and things like that. 
Um, but with our community, I'm just trying to provide the resources and then also, you know, uh, the, the family feeling, you know what I mean? Um, and just really love on a lot, love on each other. That's really the goal is to like, whatever that means for everyone else, you know, to just, you know, send out love. <laughs> yeah, and that's a big thing too, with the process of healing, healing the healthcare professionals, because we see all these issues and problems in healthcare that we want to solve, but we have to solve this again with ourselves and then we can go out and create this change. But instead, right now what's currently happening as a general is a lot of victimhood where we're blaming healthcare administrators, we're blaming this situation, that situation, but what are we doing for ourselves, right? That, that energy of love can just radiate and change so much and make an impact in every level of healthcare. And, and from there, if we feel empowered, Let's make something happen. Let's change something. Let's push back some resistance because we are tired of this and you know all those examples. So yeah, I love that you're pushing healing. I think that's a very important thing in healthcare. I think another thing too is that you guys can understand this as travelers. I think that we all just got fed up with the system. Like, and that's also why I push travel nursing so much is because like, if you're not happy or you need a change or you need to have an in-between of figuring it out, why not try something that you haven't tried, try a new city, try a new location, just like, just like people who cut their hair and change their hair. It's like change your shirt. Like it's the same kind of concept. And I think that that's another thing that I'm trying to provide is like, there's also really great travel nursing jobs out there. There's money that you can make to get out of debt, to buy that home that you want, or to, you know, whatever it is that you're kind of longing for or wishing. Travel nursing doesn't have to be forever. And I think that that's why people are sometimes afraid is that like, oh, if I leave my staff job, you can go back to your staff job. They will happily accept you back. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, I always say get two contracts in and then and then, and then then go back. But I think that giving people a different, different opportunities is also what I, I just love to provide. I always say like, I wanna be the plug. Like if I can get you a job, if I can get you, you know, friends, if I can get you therapy, whatever it is, like, I just want to be able to provide like that for us, because I think that that's necessary and that's what we really need. We just need more people helping each other. Mm. Yeah. And then we were looking up some stats for travel nursing. Well, the average age for travel nursing was like 40 something. 44. 44. It's definitely has gone now, but I'm thinking 44 is that when you should have people like have midlife crises? So I feel like you should do travel nursing early on so you can avoid that midlife nursing crisis. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Any age is acceptable to travel. I, I always say that you can do it at any age. Um, it's not too late. It's not too early. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did it a couple years in. So I was definitely like, oh, okay. I wasn't midlife crisis, definitely not. But I was like, okay, I've been home for a while. What do I do now? Kind of. <laughs> yeah, Lev, Lev got too boring for you, probably what it seems like. You know, you're just stuck on that routine over and over again. You're just like, this can't be me for the rest of my life. I got to do something different. Pop the bubble. How do, you're speaking the words out of my, out of my mouth. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Brett, one last question we'd like to ask all of our guests. So if you had the opportunity to have a cup, a cup of coffee with anybody one last time, who would it be and why? Dead or alive? dead or alive my grandpa um he died when i was 10 years old and um i think that i would just love to kind of see how what he thinks you know what i mean like i'm grown grown now <laughs> so to just kind of see through his eyes and to you know uh just have that one last like hug and stuff like that um i would i would choose my grandpa mm -hmm. 
he would be very proud of you with yeah. how far you've become. So even though maybe you're beating, you're t saying, I'm, I want to do more, I want to do more, he'd probably be like, you've done a great job. So mm -hmm. just remember Thank that. Bri, well, where can people find you? Yeah, um, so my Instagram is catch Brit if you can, just like the movie, um, two T's. Um, and yeah, so that's like, just find me anywhere. Literally, I got email, I have a site, wherever you want to you wanna find me, but catch Brit if you can. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Britt. Thank really you guys so much it. for having me. Bye.